one of us lived up to our potential and managed our resources so well that we could provide for ourselves, our families, and our communities in a meaningful and substantial way. Join Step Right with Lynn, the show dedicated to empowering socially conscious individuals to manage their financial resources for the benefit of themselves, their families, and the greater community. Here's Lynn Wedham, Certified Financial Planner and Managing Partner at Step Right Capital Planning. Good morning. Welcome to Step Right with Lynn. We're here in the beautiful village of St. George on a cool August morning. The topic of the show today is Don't Be Afraid to Ask. Ten Questions to Ask Your Financial Planner. Financial planners can help you plan for retirement, find the best way to finance a new home, save for your child's education, or simply help put your finances in order. Whatever your needs, working with an appropriately qualified financial planner is a crucial step in helping you achieve your goals. It's so important to choose the right planner, one with whom you can communicate and share your goals. Today, with the help of Barry Ames, we will discuss questions that you can ask to help evaluate a financial planner. Don't be afraid to ask. It's very good advice. Any professional will welcome your questions about any part of the planning process. So let's learn to ask away. Barry Ames started his career with the CIBC and spent 20 years serving customers of the CIBC. Barry joined Steprite Capital Planning in 2007 to further his financial planning career. He recognized that Steprite was a company that abided by high ethical standards in helping people maximize their money they've set aside for their future and that of their loved ones. It's Barry's goal to use his skills as a certified financial planner as part of a company who has their clients' best interests at heart. Clients who are in the stage of pre-retirement and retirement gravitate towards Barry and seek his advice with their financial planning requirements because of his down-to-earth and approachable manner. Barry works side-by-side with his clients to help them understand financial concepts in a simple, straightforward manner. He assures them that he will be there helping them to address the changes in their lives that will affect their financial future. So good morning, Barry. Well, good morning, Lynn. How are you, How are this, you this morning? morning? Great. Great. Thank How you for having your... me on this. Oh, you're welcome. It's it's great to have you. I'm um, glad I'm glad you were I'm glad you weren't afraid to ask. <laughs> That's true. I had to get that line out quickly. <laughs> <laughs> How's your summer going, Barry? Oh, super. Super. Uh, have you Lots have you been doing anything interesting? In between, in between all the rain, I've, I've been trying to enjoy some of the some of the outdoors here in southern Ontario. We've got uh, lots of lakes and rivers nearby, and uh, and I've I've certainly been do- enjoying the outdoors, doing some canoeing and, and kayaking uh, with mm. some with some family. So no, I, I uh, certainly have had a lot of fun this summer. Yeah, that's something I would like to do more of. Is um, I've I've um, in my younger years. Um, you know, did some canoe trips and things, and I would really like to get back to doing um, a bit more uh, of the canoeing as well. It's, uh, it's well, we a very relaxing a, thing to be out on the on the water. Like it, it is, and we all have our own jewels in our own backyard, and uh, often we don't uh, we don't take advantage and really appreciate what we have really close that's, to home. That's true. 
So the topic of our show today is don't be afraid to ask. And I think that it's a very relevant question to any stage of the financial planning process because we always want our clients to clarify anything that they're uncertain about. Um, Today we're going to use that um, more in context of... um, you know, evaluating a, a financial planner um, that a lis- the listener might be considering working with. So, um, so that's you know where we're going with it today. But um, I would say it's very relevant, wouldn't you, Barry? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Partnering up, partnering up with any professional and financial planner is no different. Is is something that that by rights is should be a somewhat of a lengthy process where you really determine, is this person a good fit for me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, the, the goal really is is to work long-term, isn't it? Oh, uh, you bet. You bet. It, 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 it should a- be a long-term relationship. Um, you know, sometimes the relationship with your financial planner um can can last longer than uh longer than with a spouse you've chosen, right? <laughs> <laughs> Rightly or wrongly, you're 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 correct there. Yeah. I've had a few instances where I have had um dealt with a number of family members and we are dealing with intergenerational issues where I've initially dealt with mom and dad. Mom and dad introduced me to their children, then there's children start having children and you start dealing with the grandchildren. It can right. be a lengthy, lengthy relationship. Right, right. Um, so what kind of a person are we seeking out, just well, generally? We're looking for someone who's who's inquisitive, who doesn't mind sharing their information, and clearly isn't afraid to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. You know, we... we, we uh, we're we're looking for, we're looking for a in terms of a client I like a client who who pushes back and asks those questions. So one of the first questions that that uh that I would I would hope a a uh, some, someone would ask of me uh when they're interviewing a financial planner might be what are your qualifications? That would okay. that might be the first step. All right. Because there are lots of people then who offer financial services, and there are lots of people who call themselves financial planners. But at the moment, there is no legislation in place for people who call themselves financial planners to actually be accredited planners. Unfortunately, we have all seen way too many headlines in the paper where where, uh, unscrupulous people have tried to take advantage of others. So... So the, the sort of thing that that, uh, that your your client should be looking for is is a, is a, someone who has the qualifications in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyone. Uh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Anyone who's selling investments or insurance solutions should be registered with a securities re- regulator. So I'd encourage your your listeners to ask them. You know what are the what are these people licensed to sell? What are they licensed to provide advice on? And that I would encourage them to check with the appropriate uh, securities commissions in their province. We're here in the province of Ontario, Lynn, and, and, uh, and here in Ontario, that body that oversees that is, is 
coined as FSCO, which stands for the Financial Services Commission of Ontario. And anyone can check their website or contact them by phone to make sure that the prospective advisor that they're that they're looking into is in fact registered to do business in that province. I see. Okay. And then beyond and, that, right? Beyond beyond that, beyond the qualifications, I'd say, okay, so I, I encourage them to say, what are the credentials? What do you bring to the table? What are the designations that you have? And what do those designations mean? And what did the advisor have to do to earn those designations? And ask them about any sort of continuing education requirements that uh, that they uh, that were required. Okay. Um, and and what what kind of um, what kind of continuing education requirements would we be looking for? Well, they're they're going to run the gamut. Um, the the qualifications for continuing ed is, is going to for any any advisor who's worth his or her salt, they're going to include some con- continuing ads that will have a focus on ethics to ensure that the customer's interests are always put uh, front and center. There will always be a component of uh, of uh, financial information and keeping up to up to speed on on the industry in terms of the, the kind of products that are that are out there. So, two different areas: general knowledge. Which, and, and, uh, and, and the ethics piece, and then more specific to the to the insurance or investment nature of their business. Okay, Barry, um, I know that uh, that you and I both carry the designation of certified financial planner. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that one in particular, and and what that means to you? Well, as as you recall, that, that certified financial planning designation, in, in our case, that's something that each of us have had for quite a number of years. Uh, I achieved my designation, I think it was about 14 years ago. And uh, what it means is that the Certified Financial Planning designation is an internationally recognized designation, recognized in Canada, in the States, Australia, overseas in Europe. And what it acknowledges is is that you and I have each achieved and maintain a certain degree of ethics, skills, and knowledge. Uh, here in Canada, there are more than 17,000 people that have that that CFP designation. Mm-hmm. In addition to achieving that that, uh, that degree of of uh, skill and knowledge, we are we are required to submit annually to ensure that not only not only do we have the skill, but we maintain that skill and continue to update our our, our skill set. Right. Right. Um, Let's um, diverge just a little bit. Let's let's talk uh, just for a moment about um, what can a financial planner do for you. Um, I'm sure that this is very varied depending on the situation and and what's needed, and also on um, the way the the planner does their their work. But what would you say are some of the most important things that a financial planner can help with? One of the most I would say it's obvious to me, and sometimes it's glaring at the time of a of a, of a first in-depth meeting with a with a new client. One of the most important things that I that I think that we do is to help our clients clarify their goals. Life is busy. Life is True. busy. 
mom and dad are busy running kids back and forth to the soccer field or dance and or the taking them to the to the part-time job in the meantime uh they may be borrowing from Pe- from Peter to pay Paul to keep the second car on the road um trying to try to stay on top of their tax-free savings account save for the future keep in mind that the that second car might need new brakes there are all sorts of goals and plans and life issues that often get that often get muddied and I often see our role then as helping clients step back and say, what's important to me? What are my long-term goals? What are my short-term goals? And what steps do I need to do? What steps do I need to take in order to help achieve those goals that I have in place? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so that would be where you would start. Now, what do you think are some of the common misconceptions about financial planners? There's a lot, a lot of folks out there because of because of some of the headlines that are out there. There, there are some suspicions that that some people have, and so as a result, some sometimes they may not give us the entire picture. So they might they might think that they they're going to play one planner off of another. So if I if they have a certain dollar value to invest, they might show us rather their rather than their whole hand, they might show us only a single card to say, All right, I'll let Barry Ames play with that single card and, and see what he see what he does. Um as a planner it's difficult for us to do our job and do our job well if we don't understand the big picture. So mm-hmm. in terms of misconceptions, sometimes there's a there's a there's a feeling amongst some of our some of our our prospects out there that you know what I'm going to test the water but in doing so I may not jump in wholeheartedly with a relationship with this planner I'm just going to test test him out as, as it will uh just to see how he makes out with this particular card that that uh, that I may share with him right right and we'll continue with that thought um we um, there's some comments on the, the chat uh, room this morning as well. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Len focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S., 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Please feel 
free to join in the discussion today. Uh, you can always email me at lynn at stepright.ca. Uh, the chat room is open, and uh, we'd love to chat with you today. The topic of the show is Don't Be Afraid to Ask. My guest is Barry Ames, um, and we've been talking about... Um, just before the break, uh, we were talking about um, sometimes uh, someone might not want to um, reveal everything about their situation, and uh, Barry was just saying how important that is um, to really give the right advice is is to know a lot about uh, a lot about the the individual um, can put the planner at a disadvantage and also put the the client at a disadvantage um, when not everything is is on the table. Um, a caller said uh, in in that in the chat room this morning, I've got someone who said, uh, but they say not to put all your eggs in one basket, Barry. Uh, what would you say to that? What, what does that really mean? I can understand how a client may not may may not want to put all their eggs in one basket. From what I from, from my position, Lynn, what they're speaking to is not necessarily not having great faith in your planner, but but not putting all your eggs in one particular investment and one 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 small uh, uh, piece of the pie. Uh, through previous discussions, and I'm sure lots of our listeners have heard of it heard of it as well. There's a there's a piece called diversification and and asset allocation where where we are encouraged as planners we are encouraged as clients to ensure that we have an investment mix not simply one necessarily one particular position in one particular company but have a good mix of uh, of equities or bonds or safe investments that provides a a good match between the, the marketplace and the type of risk that our client is looking to take on and is also a match with their long-term goals. Can that can that investment be with with one particular planner? Absolutely it can. Absolutely mm-hmm. it can. And certainly having that planner understand what those all what those investments are all about. Um, that's the bigger issue is 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 when you're when you're talking about having all your eggs in one, one basket, certainly disclosing to your planner what you have out there and uh, and making them aware of other investments that that you may may or may not have. If the right mm-hmm. thing to do for a client, if 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 I have a client who's working with another planner, and some folks do, if I have a client who's working with another planner who says, you know what, Barry, I have. I have some other investments with with somebody else, but I'd rather not talk about those. Well, you know what? That's not a client that I'd prefer to deal with. I would prefer mm-hmm. if he has investments with another planner. I'm great with that, but please tell me what those investments are, what they're for, how they're allocated, so that I can look look to something that will best complement that existing investment rather than work against it. True, true. Or you know, you could have. Um, you know, two very risky investments or two very safe investments, and it wouldn't be. Uh, you're not creating. You're not creating a mix at all. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, so while there while there might be a, an argument to 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 say I I, I don't want to I don't want you to to uh, <laughs> to have my whole my entire pie, but I, I'll just a, just a slice or two. <laughs> It's incumbent upon the advisor 
to at least understand what the rest of that pie looks like. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, what's another question that um, that our that our listeners should be asking a planner? Well, like I said, if the first question is what are your qualifications, the second question that that, uh, that comes to my mind, Lynn, are what sort of experiences does that planner bring to the table? I would ask the planner. I would encourage the, the listeners to, to ask the planner how long they've been in practice, how long they've been in business, what's the nature of the firm that they that they deal with, and the work experience that, they, that they've had. Uh, Lynn, you and I have heard one of our colleagues mention that while we make our money when the markets go up, we earn our money when the markets decrease. So I would encourage your listeners to source out an advisor who has a few years of experience in the business and his, who's lived through some of the ups and downs that uh, we've seen in the in the in the market over the over the last number of years. Right. It's uh, we we can all afford to be aggressive investors when the markets are going up, but we are all tested when the markets decrease. And uh, having an invest having a an, an advisor on side who has experienced those down markets um, allows them to temper some of your the expectations of the client in some respects and also work with your money in a in a prudent manner to ensure that that uh they're 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 working in conjunction like i said with your with your long-term goals and uh and with a good sense of the degree of risk and return and uh, expectations that that client has so can you explain that a little bit further what what do you do for your clients when the markets go down? Well, it comes back largely to setting the expectations uh, as to what the market is, is going to be like. Uh, no one likes down markets. If in a, it would oh my, what a boring world it would it would be <laughs> if we didn't have the down markets. The newspapers and radio programs like this one may not have any a great deal to say if if we had simply uh, slow and steady growth. So mm-hmm. when it, when when we do have a, a down market, it's a good time to act to remind our clients, educate our clients that you know what these are. It's healthy for the economy. It's healthy for them as an investor to have these these the the this sort of volatility. Um, there's something called dollar cost averaging for so for those folks who are investing on a regular basis when the markets decrease in fact their purchasing power has gotten greater they're going to be able to purchase more in a down market than they otherwise would have had that market continue continually gone up and up and up so volatility some volatility over the short term can really help to enhance the yields over the over the longer term but it as is always the case, it has to be a good match with our clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the chat room, there's there's a question, Barry. Um, how can you tell the difference between an advisor who sticks to what they've been doing for years and one who will examine your best options? So Sticking I'm not. To- yeah, can you tell the difference between an advisor who sticks to what they've been doing for years? So I. Um, I, I guess what I guess what they're asking is uh how do we know if this person will um 
will put our our best um you know who will put the client first i guess and she and the the caller says are there any key phrases um that a person would listen for um some of the things, I mean, long-term asset allocation is is hard to beat. That being said, there's always some short-term volatility, some short-term cha- uh, challenges, and some short-term opportunities that that a planner can make use of insofar as tweaking a, an investment, tweaking investment return. So, what I might suggest that a that a that a listener ask is something like. What have you been doing differently lately? You know, mm-hmm. if there if there is talk in the markets that that uh, if, if oil prices are through the roof because of unrest in the in the in the Middle East, if one particular area of the world is undervalued, I'd encourage them to say, "What are you doing differently today than you were doing six months ago? What's mm-hmm. what what are the markets telling you?" Right. What are you doing for the what are you doing for your clients today differently from what you were doing several months ago? Right. I pointedly so, ask that. So the you know, the the goal when, when we set out to create a portfolio is to um is to come up with a portfolio that is appropriate for that investor. Oh absolutely. Right? And, and, and and that and, we and that and that we would see um being appropriate in the long term um regardless of what happens out there um but that we might want to tweak it based on uh what's going on in the world right at this moment it's not necessarily a set it and forget it kind of a plan you and i you and i try to work through some of the noise of the day-to-day markets to get past that and ensure that the long-term asset allocation that we put in place for that for that plan is is going to work and that those dollars will be there when our clients need them. Just the same, uh, if there's if there's evidence of of some volatility on the interest rate in, in terms of, of interest rate cycles, we might skew our investment picks one way or another. Uh, Depending upon the uh, depending upon the lay of the land, right. we are certainly we are certainly not about to to uh, move at the it, it and and follow every whim of the market. Um, I, I that's not that's not the approach that a dip, disciplined investor would take. Um, right. There there's all sorts of market noise out there, and if we put just as much stock in, in, in into every news report that we that we heard, uh, mm. we would be oh, too busy jumping from horse to horse to try and to try and finish that uh, try and beat the try and win the horse race rather than rather than uh, develop a um, a long term plan that, that's going to see to it that we sh- if not place then show in that horse race race after race after race. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's always an, some opportunity for for some tweaking, but we're, no advisor is going to is going to follow the whim of every of every market report. Right, and it's always good to when you read a a, a headline um, in your mind. Always, when I read a headline, at least uh, I'm asking questions in my mind. So why did this happen? And 
and um you know not t- not taking any headlines for just face value right oh absolutely um, whenever you read the headline you and i we we might take a deep breath to say what does that that mean what does that mean to the marketplace what does it mean to the to the dividend producing stocks that my clients hold in their portfolio what does that mean to their bond holdings often some of those headlines mean very very little yeah very very yeah. little yeah yeah. yeah, or it's um, it's something that can be sensationalized, right? That we're very much we're working so. with there. Yeah, very much so. So, um, key phrases, um, you know, might be diversification or a diversified portfolio, um, asset allocation, disciplined approach. Uh, I think those are some of the things that you, that you mentioned that would be yeah. uh, relevant to to key phrases. You're right. I'm. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm preaching to the choir here, Lynn, but you're you're correct. Yeah, yeah. Um and 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 um anyway, I think it's a good time to go to a break. Um and uh, we'll continue that thought after the break. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on A to Zen.fm. Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Today we're discussing 10 questions to ask a financial planner. My guest is Barry Ames. He's an agent here in the Steprate Capital Planning Office. So, Barry, tell us, um, what are some other questions that uh, we can be asking financial planners? Thank you, Lynn. Well, well, like I said before the break, uh, the first couple of questions that I would encourage listeners to look to 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 quiz a, a planner on would be what are your qualifications? What experience do you bring to the table? The next question that might come up are what services do you offer? Uh, the services that uh, an advisor offers is going to vary depending upon their credentials, depending upon their registration, and also depending upon the organization that they are affiliated with. There are going to be uh, some advisors, Lynn, who provide advice in specific areas such as just taxation and, and uh, estate planning. And there are going to be those others that uh, that are broader, offering uh, uh, solutions in the areas of insurance, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. All of those folks are going to need to be registered with those uh, provincial regulatory authorities that I mentioned. 
Um, but every office is going to be is going to be different, um, and the, the types of solutions that 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 advisor comes up with is going to be largely dictated by the the length and breadth of the of those services that they offer. So that'd be the mm-hmm. third thing that uh, that I encourage folks to ask. Yeah, I, I would say it's a misconception that people have that um, that everyone is the same that everyone does things in the same way, uh, that all planners are the same. Um, yes. that they, uh, because there is a great deal uh, of variety out there as far as the services that are offered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's uh, another but, question that, um, that people could ask? Um, the, next, the next thing that I would suggest they look at is, what's their approach to financial planning? So mm-hmm. while they might have different products that they can, different solutions they can offer, in terms of the approach to financial planning, there are what I like to call then four quadrants to financial planning. And each of these quadrants are, are interconnected. Um, those four would, might include, the first one would, would be uh, credit management. Secondly, mm-hmm. investment management. Thirdly, cash flow and cash flow, at the end of the day, cash flow is king. Whether you're paying down credit, whether you're saving for an investment, that all comes out of cash flow. So those are the first three, credit, investment, and cash flow. And then the last one that I would look at would be protection planning. So how do you secure those assets? How do you insure those assets through insurance protection? And then, and then looking after your estate with estate issues such as uh, wills and powers of attorney. Now, some planners, Lynn, they prefer to develop financial plans that encompass all of a client's financial goals, and and uh, and I suggest that the clients work with a planner who does consider all of those financial plans, looking at at the big picture. They may not necessarily have solutions to address all of four of those quadrants, but hopefully that they might at least address all of those those particular areas. Uh, looking at the goals, looking at the values, and looking at those attitudes, um, in, you know, investment attitudes, even if they, even if they specialize just in a certain area, such as taxation or such as insurance or such as investments. Mm-hmm. So, as an example, you know, an investment specialist portfolio, uh, you know, the recommendations that he that he or she might have should consider the investment objectives and risk tolerance of his, of, of that particular client, but also be mindful of the cash flow needs of that client. Also be mindful of the tax situation of that client. Looking to their risk and, and keeping, in, keeping in mind any estate goals and estate plans that they have. Right. right. Um, I, I would encourage them to, to ask that individual, um, you know, looking at, to, to look at things with client with clients about their specific net worth, you know, what is their level of income, what sort of investable assets do they do they have, and uh, and whether or not they that particular planner might help to implement that that plan, that integrated plan of investment, credit, cash flow, or whether they might refer them to, to someone else in the firm or to an affiliated planner or an affiliated pro, uh, professional, one type or another. Okay. okay. Everybody's so, approach to financial planning is going to be a little different. 
so there might be someone who did all of those things, and then there might also be someone who um, who dealt with one specific part, but they might have people that they would refer to for the other parts of the plan. That's correct, the, and and that's okay. And within that particular quadrant, they might be great at that particular quadrant, but. I would ensure, ask your clients to ensure that they understand that they have a good understanding of the scope to which that planner is going to work with them. Right, right, okay. Um, so, what would the next question be, Barry? Uh, the next thing that I'd ask. So, once once we've addressed the approach to financial planning, I'd ask the question, and I kind of alluded to it: Will you be the only person working with me? So, I'd ask questions about the nature of their office. Does that advisor work on their on their own, or do they work in conjunction with a team of other advisors? Mm-hmm. Um, often, if a if a client calls into a into an, a planner's office, the point person that they speak to may or may not be the planner. So I'd ask, I'd suggest that they ask, who is the point person in the in the office? Who is the first point of contact? Should they call in with a question or a query? Mm-hmm. Um, Part of that might also include what sort of contingency plan is in place should the in, in the event that that advisor becomes sick and is incapable of working, or should they in fact pass away? So mm-hmm. Who picks up the slack when the advisor is away on holidays? Uh, who monitors the accounts if that if that advisor simply can't do it? So mm-hmm. those are those are important issues for uh, for anyone who's entrusting their monies to a to a planner to work with. Um, in addition, like I said, it's not uncommon for a financial planner to work with, with other professionals. Uh, those other professionals might be in-house with their firm, or it might be a lawyer or an accountant or a broker at a neighboring office. Um, okay. So I, I suggest that the listeners determine just who those professionals are, and they might want to meet everyone who may or may not be working with them in the, in the, in the future. Right. Right. Okay. Well, those are all good uh, questions to ask. Um, what else would a person want to know? Well, that's we're, we're five five questions into it. Um, the next thing that I want to ask is, how am I going to pay for your services? The planner should be able to disclose in writing how he or she is paid for the services that they provide, um, okay. and any prospective client should understand how that planner is going to be compensated and mm-hmm. and uh, and what what payment model works best for them uh, investment so what planners might that, what might that look like barry well there's there's several different approaches um, in many cases a planner is paid from the cost of the product in this case money does not go right directly from the hands of, a, of the client to the planner but the, rather, the planner receives compensation from the product that they that they uh, make available to sell to their to their client. So, in the event of a life insurance contract, um, the the uh, insurance in, insurance advisor might receive payment from the company that he places that insurance contract with. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, so, like I said, no money in, in that case changes hands between the client and the planner, but uh, okay. but the cost is embedded in the in the uh, in the cost of the 
so that would be the so in that case they're they're paid by the company that provides the product correct correct okay okay and in other cases uh you might have a, a an arrangement where the cost is based upon the, a percentage of the assets that are that are that are managed where if you have a an account for a million dollars uh you'll be charged a fee as a percentage of the assets that uh, that are maintained on your on your path mm-hmm. and just as it, it, for for some clients that works well as the uh, as we all as we all like to like to be paid and, and and remunerated for for what we do if a client's asset base grows so too does their so too does the does the money to the planner so it, it would be seen as a as a as a win-win in both okay. cases Okay. Um and is is there another way that uh, that people that the planner might be paid? There the the third the third approach that uh that some clients might run across would be a fee for service. And and in many respects it's not unlike what you might see at an accountant's office or a lawyer's office where planners might charge an hourly fee or a set fee for the for the service that they provide. Okay. So, um, okay, so in, we're going to in, in some cases, in some cases, the the uh, the 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 payment is in fact a blend between the between the three, where it might be a small percentage of uh, percentage of assets, and with a, with a bulk coming from the cost of the product, it's it's going to it's going to vary between planner and plan, planner to planner, office to office. Okay. So okay. I would just encourage that the it be a payment plan that makes sense, and most importantly, a payment plan that you un, that you understand. Right. Right. So again, um, don't be afraid to ask the questions. Right. Don't be afraid to ask the questions. Right. Right. And what else should we be asking, Barry? Uh, seventh question. So, who besides the client benefits from those recommendations? So. At the end of the day, and, and this question was brought up by the caller who, who had made the comment previously, at the end of the day, the client's interests should trump all others. That's called a fiduciary responsibility lend that you and I have to each of our clients. Mm-hmm. So while the client's interests come first, just the same, it still makes sense that the advisor is paid for the service that he or she pro- provides. And it makes sense that the organization that he or she is associated with is also going to be compensated. So, uh, I would encourage your client. I'd encourage listeners to ask for a disclosure document as to what that what that uh, setup looks like in his or her particular firm, and who receives that compensation, and what that okay. compensation arrangement looks like. Okay, that's great. Um, I think that uh, that this is going to be another uh, good time that we will uh, take a quick break. And uh, and we'll look uh, forward to finishing up the last few questions. Great. Is there a contribution that you dream of making? In society, planned giving seems to be presented as something you do once you're incredibly wealthy or planning your estate. Step Right with Lynn focuses on good money management and planning your contribution at every step based on the issues important to you. Learn how to expand the goodness around you and take responsibility for the issues important to you. Tune in for Step Right with Lynn every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 
8 a.m. Central Time, 7 a.m. Mountain Time, and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on AtoZen.fm. This is Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham is a certified financial planner. To participate in the program today, please call toll-free in the U.S. 815-880-8255. That's 815-880-TALK. Or in Canada, 613-800-8736. Or you can Skype us at atizen.fm. You can also make the choices to ask or comment by email by sending to lynn at stepright.ca. Now, back to the program. Today I'm chatting with Barry Ames. Uh, today both Barry and I are offering a free 30-minute telephone consultation uh, to address any questions or concerns that you have regarding your general finances, your retirement planning, or your estate planning. Uh, please feel free to contact us by email. You can reach Barry at barry at stepright.ca and I'm Lynn at stepright.ca. So Barry is B-A-R-R-Y at StepRight, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T, or I'm Lynn, L-Y-N-N, and it's StepRight.ca. So, Barry, what are, uh, we've talked about seven questions um, that our listeners could ask a financial planner. Uh, what would you suggest is another question? So, thank you, Lynn. So, so yes, we've covered off things like what sort of qualifications, what sort of experience, does the does that planner bring to the table? We've covered off what is the approach to financial planning um, and and, uh, and compensation. Another area that I'd suggest folks folks ask about is how are we going to keep in in contact with one another? Mm-hmm. I would encourage folks to ask the advisor up front uh, how often are you going to talk to me? If they say you know what. I know my account's not a million dollar account, but please tell me how often I'm going how often you're going to talk to me. How often are you going to call me? And okay. everybody's everybody's uh interaction preference is different. I have some customers that like to be contacted annually. I have some customers that like to be answered uh, like to be spoken to and communicated with on a monthly basis. And everybody wants honesty. You don't want uh, an advisor who's going to hide behind a facade of services that that aren't going to be provided. So you just want an honest answer. How often are you going to talk to me? Um, In addition to the the regular communication of, of simply touching base with them, the next question might be, how often are these accounts going to be reviewed? And what is that review going to, to look like? Larger accounts should hopefully be reviewed perhaps quarterly or, or twice a year, and that review is, is ideally going to be done in person, whereby mm-hmm. smaller accounts might see uh, an annual review with a phone call from, from time to time. Everybody's situation is going to be different. But at the end of the day, when when someone has come to me and said, Barry, here is my $100,000, $200,000, $50,000, and I entrust this to you, um, that's a big deal. And I have a responsibility Mm -hmm. to ensure that that my interaction preference, the the number of times that I talk with them, meet with them, is, is 
governed by and geared by not what's right for me, but what's right for my client. I think also relevant um, to this communication part would be um, to ask how long, uh, if I if I call you, if I call the advisor and I ask um, to have a return phone call, um, you know, how quickly can I expect my calls to be returned as well? Correct. Correct. Uh, so, how I, I accessible are you to my to my questions and concerns? Well, yes, yes. Like I said previously, there there might be a different point person in the office that might field some of those calls initially, but by all means, when it when it comes to returning phone calls, emails, uh, that sort of thing, there should there should be some expectations set set out. Uh, the mm-hmm. best surprise is no surprise whatsoever. Yes, <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so, is there anything else, you know, any other questions regarding communication? Specific to communication, none that I can think of off the top of my head. Just, just ensuring that, ensuring that there, that communication is a, is fluid, that it's regular, and and okay. and that there's no surprises. Okay. So we have two more questions to cover, and we are running out of time. So what are okay. what are the last two questions that we can uh, uh, expect to ask? One of them would be the financial plans that you, that that advisor provides. Is it going to be done in writing? So depending upon the nature of the office, the advisor may or may not provide an integrated plan that then pulls together those various elements of financial planning, Lynn. And uh, and if it is something that's provided, I'd ask them, you know, are you going to do it in writing? And uh, not only not only the the plan, but also that disclosure agreement that I'd mentioned previously. They should be prepared to ask for a written agreement that spells out the services that are offered. Don't be afraid to ask. Uh, last question at the to wrap it all up is a question that your listeners need to ask of themselves. This person, this this prospective planner that I've met up with, are they going to keep in touch with me? Do I have confidence in their in their ability to help guide my investments and my investment decisions? Do I believe that that advisor is well informed? And what's that relationship going to be like between the advisor and myself? Is it going to be professional? Is it going to be a relationship of mutual respect? Um, I'd also encourage them to think. You know, reflect on the the types of qualifications and experiences that uh, that that advisor brings to the table, and do they really have the access to the depth of services that I need now in the future? Bottom line, have I found an advisor who is a good fit for me, Lynn? That's what right. it's all about. Is there a good fit? Right. Does this person understand me? Understand my goals? Understand my plans for the future? Right, and and I'm, and I'm going to add, is it just someone that that you're comfortable with comfortable talking with um you know are you a good match personality wise are you a good match uh with values as well um i think it's it's important that um that, that the values of your advisor are a good match with your own as well you're right you you make mention of, of comfort it's like putting on a pair of of old comfortable blue jeans you have to <laughs> It's a pair of blue jeans that are that feel right, are dependable, and uh, <laughs> and are going to get the job done. In terms of the advisor and the and the person that you're working with, 
you've you've got to that that comfort level, that confidence level, all has to be there, Lynn. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks so much for being with us today, Barry. My pleasure. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. Yep. Thanks so much for for your advice on questions to ask a financial planner. Uh, remember, uh, we welcome your comments here at Step Right with Lynn. You can send me an email, lynn at stepright.ca, or Barry an email at barry at stepright.ca. Uh, let's book a time for your free 30-minute telephone consultation. So that's Lynn, L-Y-N-N, or Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, at stepright, S-T-E-P-R-I-G-H-T dot C-A. Uh, I'd be very interested to hear what you think of the show. I'd like to know what topics you'd like to hear more about and any suggestions you have uh, for guests that have a story to share about their contribution to the community. So please feel free to contact me anytime uh, at that email address. Uh, remember, anyone who sends an email and provides their name and address will receive a copy of the children's book, Have You Filled a Bucket Today? Uh, it's that wonderful storybook um, that tells how doing things for others makes us feel good as well. And I know that you and a child you know uh, would love um, exploring that book together. So uh, this is Lynn Wedham, and the show is Step Right with Lynn. Until next time, take the right steps to support yourself, your family, and your community Talk to you next week. Bye for now. Thank you for choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on AtoZen.fm. We hope you'll join us. Remember to celebrate your wealth by doing something for yourself, your family, and your community. Until next time. choosing to listen to Step Right with Lynn. Lynn Wedham will return next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on A to Zen.fm.